0: Hi, hello, I'm so excited to announce that I'm doing a live and virtual episode of this podcast. Why won't you date me? It's April 5th, live at the Elysian in Los Angeles, but anyone in the world can tune in. Tickets are on sale now at moment.co slash date me. And if you can't watch it live, it's no big deal. It'll be on video on demand for up to two weeks later. It's gonna be a nice time. Um, I think you'll like it. and hey, you can get your tickets at moment.co slash date me, or check this episode description for details. Why won't you date me? It's a podcast where Mina Cole Byer is exploring the thematic things of love and shit. Um because I've done this up ep- this, this podcast for like five years and I can't figure out why I'm still single so now I'm just trying to figure out what love is. So my guest today, she's a comedian an actress and an Emmy nominated writer that you've seen in American Auto and The Daily Show You can see her in two new projects Swarm on Amazon Prime in a part that I was like, yes bitch yes. Swarm, if you haven't seen it I genuinely really fucking love it There's a wild discourse on Twitter I don't really agree with it um, I think it's entertainment. I think it was written in a way. I don't know. I, whatever, we'll get into it. <laughs> in the upcoming movie, The Blackening, I'm thrilled she's here today. It is Ismael. Oh
1: my God. What a fucking
0: intro. Listen, I love you. I think you're so wonderful and funny. And I think back to one of our first interactions it was that sweet chick. No, uh, please on- do not
1: say this. Do not, don't <laughs> you fucking dare. I was, oh my God, I fanned the fuck out over you this year. And you guys are just trying to eat your fucking waffles and bacon. And I'm all like, Nicole, I'm in love with you.
0: <laughs> but it was so nice. And I like, remember it. And then when I started seeing you pop up places, I was like, damn i love that she did the thing because sometimes people will be like i love you i'm also an actor and then you never see them again and then i was like because i i don't know i got to a place a couple years back i guess it's more than a couple years back where i was like whenever i see a woman who like looks kind of like me who's bigger than the normal do you mind me saying that because no, some people don't identify no, as bigger a fact. okay okay it's back. okay i didn't want to offend you because one time i said to a friend i was like you know us fat girls and she was like who are you talking to and i was like does she not know (laughs) but you know when you see bigger girls especially bigger black girls i'm like let's do the damn fucking thing i like i just get excited so yeah it was nice to like have that interaction and then see you fucking blast the fuck off like i don't know like a year and a half later it was wild (laughs) it was so cool
1: well, I was like, you were like a UCB royalty and you had already become famous and skyrocketed. And I, and I had told you when I first met you, I'm like, yeah, I was the intern at the Beast when you did Mateo Lane show that he notoriously did over and over every Tuesday. And I would and I like studied him to this day. I think he's one of the best standups I've ever seen. And you were in there and you had made a very like, um very like racist, like blue joke, like in like. Making fun of white people. And then you were like, it doesn't matter. There's UCB. There's no black people here. I say, yes, we
0: are. You were like, what? And I was an intern. And I remember it. I wish I could remember the joke. um I forgot what, but it was so oh, funny. Well. I mean, only
1: I laughed and I hollered. It was something about a slave and white people. You know, white people don't even say the word soul. You, you better say slave, bitch. Oh, you better say was- slave.
0: I'm pretty sure it was a joke about Santa Claus and how uh, there was like a whole, like people were like, Santa's white. And I'm like, actually, he is white. He has slaves Um, and no white people like (laughs) laughing at that joke. And then (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny that you were there to be like, I'm here. No, because, too, it was just like she needs to
1: know that she has community in here right now because UCB is white as fuck. And I'm yes. just like, no, there is somebody here who gets that joke. And it's just kind of like white people just get their asses get so clenched and their fucking like holes yeah. become baby powder. And they're just like, because it's like <laughs> as soon as they hear some racist <laughs> shit. But it's like, guys, it's true. It's real. Like if Nicole doesn't fucking make a joke about it, she'll crumble. Like if I don't like it will ruin me if I don't turn it into a joke. Mm-hmm. Like what is she supposed to do?
0: Yeah, just like be in this world and not giggle. Um, wait, can we just talk about this, this, uh, this wall behind you?
1: Oh yes, your producer loved it too.
0: It's great. It's very Saved by the Bell. Did you paint this or what is this?
1: Absolutely not, bitch. I can barely do a finger paint. Okay, so shout out to Very Gay Paint, not sponsored. Shout out to Very oh, Gay Paint. Okay. I like my homegirl Corinne, who you know, Corinne Wells from UCB. Mm-hmm. So she was here at my house and I was like, bitch, all these task rabbits keep talking about they know how to paint, they know how to paint, they know how to paint. Everything I see that they're posting, this is not, it's not given. It's not what I want. <laughs> so she was like, have you ever heard of very gay paint? And I, and this is Corinne, So I'm like, you're doing a bitch. She's like, no, no, no. This is mm-hmm. real.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, this is real. This is what they call themselves. <laughs> no, yeah.
1: And, there, and she was like, this is my friend and everything like that. Jensen, I literally like emailed them on a Friday. We had like a like design type talk on a Monday. That next Friday, they were in my house and they've done two walls. I'll show you the other wall too before we get off. But I just sent them the color scheme and the mood board. Mm-hmm. She, Honey, this is all their design. This is all they're doing. And they're going to it looks great. But we're just trying to figure out, like, I want wallpaper here. We're going to figure out shelving first. And then they're going to take over. They're going to do it all.
0: I love this. Is this, may I ask, is this a rental? Yes, ma'am. I, okay. So I, when I was renting my apartment, I regret not decorating it the way I want it to like, the whole apartment. I did my room, I did built-ins, I nailed things to the wall that I did not unnail when I moved out, but I regret not doing that to the whole apartment, because we kept it pretty neutral, so, like, when we moved out, we wouldn't have to, like, repaint and stuff, but it's, like, yeah. it's just a coat of paint. Who fucking cares? Make your space yours.
1: Yeah, and I feel so much joy in, like, nesting, and now it's, like, even harder mm-hmm. for me to leave my apartment, but I'm honestly not interested in owning a home for myself. I want to do, like, business investment, but I want to keep that overhead low baby and keep making more money, like I have a good fucking setup. I have no interest, it's just me. my apartment is fucking huge, Nicole, and I have a swimming pool in the back that nobody uses i There's sixteen Ooh. other tenants. Yes, girl, I'm rent controlled. I don't pay for water. We're not going anywhere.
0: No, never fucking leave. Rent never. controlled? I love sex in the city. And when Carrie Bradshaw was like my rent controlled apartment, I was like, that's the New York City dream. Then I have <laughs> Delhi and I was like, ooh, they got them here too. That's just the dream in general. <laughs> Absolutely. fucking lily. Wait, so you're from you're from LA. You're from South Central. South Central Inglewood, yeah. How did you end up in New York? Oh, I never told you this. No, because I was screaming mm-hmm. at how much I'm
1: obsessed with you. <laughs> I probably was like, you should wrap it up. I think my internal dialogue was like, her chicken is getting cold. <laughs> we should wrap it up. Um, but I, I got to New York. So like every actor, I quit about three times. So during the Mm -hmm. time when I had quit, I was like, I am not a nine-to-five bitch. She cannot be behind a desk. So I went into um, all these other things that were creative. So I went into costuming. Mm -hmm. I went to film school. Like a lot of these reality show bitches that you see now, there were nobody in 2012. And we were shooting their pilots very badly, might I add. I was very bad. But Mm -hmm. I was, you know, you was 23, 24. You out here, you just trying. You feel me? So i started doing makeup and i actually went to priscilla ono school of beauty who's now the ambassador and does all oh, of rihanna's yes, makeup for fenty the uh-huh. nicest human ever like i emailed her after we graduated like i have a dark skin girl she wants this she wants a pink lip tell me what to do she's like you mix this and this you don't need to buy expensive products like she's she's just the shit i fucking love priscilla mm-hmm. so at that time you know in 2013 we did, there was no Fenty, no Pat McGrath, you know, uh, Makeup no, Forever wasn't trying to in be inclusive in shades. Baby, we had MAC, and that's it. <laughs> so, and that's it. Yep, so I found this woman named who is still ultra-famous. Like, she had, like, groomed Biggie on the Juicy video shoot. Like, she's that girl, right? And during that time in 2013, Nicole, she was the only black woman that I saw that had their own makeup line. She was selling it on QC, baby. Okay. QVC. What, what is her makeup line? QVC, QC. I, I think it might be just her name. QVC. I QVC. There we go. QVC. Mm-hmm. So when I saw on Instagram that she had a website, I was like, oh, if she got a number. I'm calling her. So I'd already researched her and knew that she taught a class. And if you work fast, if you do the class, you do really well. She'll take her best students to work with her and work fashion week. So, mind you, I ooh. am born and raised in L.A. and I could ride through the city with my eyes closed and nothing at the time scared me. Like, I wasn't scared. Like, I like, I, I need a little fear. I need a little rah. Like, I need a little ooh. You know, like, that keeps me on my toes. <laughs> that keeps me, like, excited, right? But I was so bored with L.A. And so, I called her. She didn't answer. She called me back and I was like, hey, I know you don't know me, but I'm, not the, I'm another black woman who does makeup. Can you please tell me how to have longevity in this business? And she's like, you know what? Normally, I don't do this, but go ahead and shoot. And she gave me the realest and best free game that I've ever gotten about how much I charge. She was like, well, how much do you charge? I was like, $60. I said, like, some of own, like, $50 to $60. And she was like, and you go mm-hmm. to them? I said, yeah, I go to them. And she was like, and you set up your chair and you bring your light. And and how much your your uh, foundation cost? I'm like, $45. She was like, I charge them 600 to come to me. Okay? Oh. And those numbers, especially being a black girl from the hood, like, that, I'm like, uh-huh. what? And she told me, like, she's seen these White women out here charging $1,000 to pluck
0: just mm-hmm. to do a
1: little. She's like, girl, if you do good makeup and I do good makeup, why are they going to pay us what we worth? They're not going to do that. Why would they do mm-hmm. that? And she taught me, she said, you need to charge $250 minimum. She was like, you could do these bitches that want to go to the club. You could do brides, all of that. But if you have a constant Rolodex of about five people, you know, that's a cute little $750. dollars you making them month. Why not just do that, Right. So then she was like, hey, you know, I teach a class, so I play stupid. I said, oh, my God, what? A class? What is a, cl- a class? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, you know, and I bring my best students there. So if you come and you and you do the class, you can, you know, potentially work fashion with me. I said, say less. Mm-hmm. I was so broke, Nicole, I could not drive to the bank to put the money in the savings and the check-ins. I had to call my best friend, Dorian. Who she lived uh-huh. right up the street from me. My best friend's on 4th and Hardy. My mom was on 104th and Prairie. She had to come get me, take me to the bank to put the savings in the check-ins, and I bought a one-way ticket to New York, and my mama was like, "Me, I'll get your ticket back. I emailed her, shit to like, here, here's my ticket, and she said, oh, you're not playing. I was like, no, ma'am. And to this day, never heard from
0: her. Wait, you never heard from her? <clears throat> no. So you went all the way to New York and didn't hear from her?
1: Yep. I said, there is a reason... The Lord knew she was instrumental in me getting to New York because I needed the opportunity. I needed to know that there was a reason and a purpose to buy the ticket. I think she texted me maybe three weeks later. Like, and I was like, hey, I decided to move here. She was like, congratulations or whatever. But as far as that opportunity, never heard from her about that ever again. So what I did was, yes, ma'am. But what I did was see, because I'm solution oriented almost to a fault. That's why sometimes uh-huh. my friendships um, don't go as planned because I'm not finna sit here and you finna complain to me all day. Like, I'm so <laughs> pragmatic. I'm like, how do mm-hmm. we get out of this? And then then we don't want to feel this no more, right? Okay, boom. So I hit up all my homies from LA because you know LA or New York, you know? So a lot of my homies in LA had connects to New York. So I ended up dressing the models and, and I had went to Alvin Ailey to audition to be a part of their summer intensive shut out of high school. I started as a dancer, like I am originally a dancer. So I always wanted to be in New York, always. But when I went out there, still was not acting. With that, hang it up, mm-hmm. it's done. We an audition 50, 11 times. It's not for you, ex. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. So as I'm like being with the models and like dressing all of them and everything like that and making friends, Nicole, I re- everybody was broke. Don't, nobody got <laughs> no money. And I said, well, hey, I ain't got no money. Hey, you out here doing this. Why the fuck can't I do it? But still hadn't registered to me that I was going to stay. I just, I just, I went to go look at an apartment. I went on Whole Avenue. Yes, that's a real place. If you don't know, Whole Avenue. Where's I, Whole Avenue? I forgot. Is it in the Heights? I forgot where it is, but it's H-O-E. That's It's funny. a real place. And so I went on Whole I Avenue and I went to go try to look at a place to rent. And it was, you know, a crackhead in the corner. It was a trap house. It was, I, I was going through it. So then finally, it was the second to last day before I was supposed to leave, and I went to go see Motown the Musical with my friend Larry Powell because his good friend Donald Weber, who was now starring Hamilton, The King, um, he was starring as Barry Gordy, and Larry was like, We have to see him. But like Motown in 2013, mm-hmm. Nicole, it it was like Hamilton. Like, honey, Diana Ross was waiting <laughs> no, to get I a ticket.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It was real. <laughs> Larry walked right past that line. He was like, no, we're going straight to the source and we getting a damn ticket. The lady didn't want to give us a ticket. Larry was showing him pictures of him and Donna when they was in diapers. He's like, this is my best friend. We have to get a ticket. He was like, well, we're just going to sit here and have faith. She said, there is no faith. Like, she was a real demon. She literally (laughs) said that to us. Like, if I wasn't there, I wouldn't have believed it. So then she was like, two tickets just became available. And so I, like, give her my card. She was like, no, I want cash. So I had to run across the street. Overdraft my account, get the money out, give it a cash. And she gave us orchestra seats. Nicole, the bitch didn't even know she gave us orchestra seats. And so I watched that <laughs> musical and I like cried like a baby because at that moment, God was like, you are on the wrong side of the stage. You are, mm-hmm. this is like, girl, hello, hello. That's why I say your dreams are like a boomerang right? because you throw that bitch and it's just floating. It'll never leave and it'll come back and smack your ass and be like, this is what, hey, bitch, this is what the fuck you're supposed to be doing. So then we go backstage and I talk to Charles Randolph Wright, who's amazing director of Motown. And I'm sitting there, Nicole, on like 42nd Street, an empty audience. It's just me, him, and Larry. And I think the guy who played Blue from The Temptations, his name is escaping me right now. And he said, you lived with fear just dragging me on that stage on 42nd Street. And he said, you have a responsibility to live your dream and you have to do it now. And that has carried me these past 10 years because no one ever told me I was responsible to live my dream, that I had to be accountable. And no one
0: mm-hmm.
1: no one had expressed that with that sense of urgency. And that day I called my mom and I was like, I'm not coming back to LA. And it turned into eight years.
0: Damn, I didn't know you were out there for 8 years. That's wild. Um, sometimes you just need someone to tell you a little bit about yourself. Do you know you know you remember Anthony Atamanik, right?
1: The king. I love him. Why people can't stand him cuz
0: he be like, <laughs> "Y'all know we racist. Just let's get it over with." <laughs> I love him so much I love and them. I used to work in the training center. And I got real drunk one night and then was so hungover the next day. And I was sleeping in the teacher's lounge. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, "Uh, do you want something? Because, like, you know, it was like, chill, whatever. Um, and I was like, do you want something? And he goes, no, I don't want anything. You're too talented to be like this. You got to stop drinking so much all the time. And I was like, oh, my God, Anthony's telling me this? And that stuck with me because I was like, OK, mm-hmm. we can't go to, you know, work hungover. Yeah, we can't, you know. If you have to do something like show up on time or, you know, close to on time, I'm a very late person. It's very bad. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, <laughs> get there. Do the damn thing. Fucking do it. Um. So wait, how did you make your way back to so how long did you work at The Daily Show? Three years. And then after The Daily Show, you made your way back to L.A.?
1: Well, I made my way back to L.A.-ish in the pandemic because Trevor is very kind. He was like, I don't give a fuck if you go to Croatia. Do you have Wi-Fi? Like, do your job. Mm -hmm. That's it. So, like, in 2020, like, three months into the pandemic, like, I just could not do it. Thank God I had the best roommate in the world. Him and his partner, they had owned a home in Jersey, so they just stayed out there had the apartment to myself. But because Mm -hmm. we was all staying home, I was ear hustling, and the motherfucker who lived two floors up from me was talking about how he was trying to, like, you know, MacGyver some shit to get rid of these bed bugs. And I said, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. I got to stay in the house and I have to work and try to make light of motherfuckers dying and trying to figure out this shit and it's a, it's a and flesh eating bed disease. Bugs? I Ooh. said, I emailed my boss. I said, no, ma'am. Will not do it. I wrapped up all my shit. I put them, like, tidied them up and put everything in, like, big trash bags and came back in 2020. But I still had my apartment in New York because I didn't know what was going to mm-hmm. happen. And then American Auto, we was on ice. Like, I'm very grateful. NBC, like, they still were like, hey, you know, we'll keep you updated, this and this and that. And But we didn't know. So I came back 2020 and was still working the Daily Show, working from home. And then 2021... Once we got the series order, that's when I made my exit from The Daily Mm -hmm. Show and officially came back to L.A.
0: That was a whole wild time because same with Grand crew, We were like, we were supposed to shoot the pilot, I think. Or no, maybe we we were supposed to have like a table read the day before like everything shut down. And then we were just like, okay.
1: Yeah, I had a fitting. It was... It was so grim, Nicole, because Jabuki. Shout out to Jabuki, young white. Okay, because yeah, he's so funny, and also, and now rappers' fashion needs. I, I Jabuki, mm-hmm, I can slap doing it him. All, doing everything, yeah. Like leave some jobs for us, Jabuki. So he, <laughs> I love Jabuki so much because I was in our like little nigga group chat at the daily show, and I was like, y'all. They stealing all the toilet paper on these shelves. Y'all, I ain't got no toilet paper at the house and I had no food. <laughs> Nicole, because I was eating at work at The Daily Show and then, like, my uh-huh. life was so, like, you know, in, in New York, bitch, you fucking, like, shower and sleep and shit. You do not mm-hmm. go. I don't, wasn't grocery shopping. Shout out to Jabuki because I went to his house and he had all these, like, food for me, like pasta, beans, uh, pasta sauce, and then he had toilet paper, like, literally toilet paper like Jabuki held me down like the first he was, three weeks he was the
0: corner store for you
1: period the first three weeks of the pandemic I'm like bro I wouldn't have been able to eat or wash my ass didn't have no bidet <laughs> <Didn't> have, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> he hooked me up with some flushable wipes I said you you the real VP. but yeah it, it was really grim that time lord jesus yeah oh, it was so it was sad not good
0: yeah real quick we have to take a break That's n u u l y dot com. Newly with two U's with code date me twenty. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Okay. Hey, did you know one in five Americans have learn a new language on their bucket list? If that's you, make twenty twenty four the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Don't want to say, married, what's going on? Divorce. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to be like, ooh, juicy.
1: <laughs> no, no, not divorce. But lately, I've been meeting a lot of divorce days just randomly because I'm just a people person and talk. So they were like, yeah, such and such, and I'm recently divorced. I'm like, congratulations. And they're like, you know, Yeah. I'm like, no, we need to start saying that more because like you chose yes. to get us of something
0: that you didn't want to be in.
1: Come on. Like, that's amazing. You said no, you set a boundary. You realize you were aiming too low when it comes to love and romance and relationships. So mm-hmm. that's a separate thing. But yeah, so I am single. I am open to dating, but it's just trash. Like it's just <laughs>
0: yeah i was talking to another friend about it it's bad out here right now
1: no as the latinos say as we say basura it is trash Ooh,
0: garbage basura (laughs) when i was in spain um i love big trash i love things that are big that aren't supposed to be big in spain and barcelona they had these giant trash cans and sashir had left me at that point so i was alone and i remember like flagging down somebody. And I was like, "Um, can you take a picture with Grande Basura and the way this person looked at me? (laughs) But they took my picture and I was very happy about it. Um, So wait, you're half, you're half Hispanic? You're half Mexican? Half Mexican, half black. Yeah. Okay. Do you speak fluent Spanish? No, I did
1: shred out the puss. I was doing it. And then I think Mm -hmm. because my mom was so nervous and being like, we are in America. She was like, this is America, Donna Glover. Like, you you need to speak English. <laughs> and I think she was like, "You, she, my mama is so big on like, you need to have a job, you need to have money, you need to be able to make it. So I think because we were in America, she was like, you speak English. So... She has some qualms about that because she's always like, me. I wish I spoke Spanish more to you. And I said, it's okay. I'm actively trying to learn it now because I do want to learn it. It is important for me to learn it. But I can read it and write it like a motherfucker. I can. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. I'm so good at it.
0: That's kind of, I don't know. That's like half the battle. Yeah. Wait, so what are you? Are you on the apps at all? Are you on Tinder or Bumble? <laughs> That's my thing. I, so I'm new to the apps because I was very old
1: school and very delusional. Like I wanted someone mm-hmm. to come like, you know, I'm in Barnes and Nobles. He drops a self-help oh. book that we were both looking oh. at. I go down to mm-hmm. pick it up. His hand touches mine. We both arise and it's just like, what well, you won't do. Hey, do for <laughs> love. That's going to be playing in the background. And it's like, period. This is it. Um, so no, that has not been happening. So I was like, okay, let me just try on the apps because I am very busy. Like I am a big sister and I take that like very fucking serious. Like my baby brother is my, everything he's my world. He's basically my child and we're 17 years apart. So I'm really like his mother, um, second mother. And so I was like, you know what, let me get on the apps. So as I got on it, I was telling my homegirls, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Because it seems like These niggas will get in your DMs, it seems like you respond, they get, like, a hit of serotonin, they think they're Mm -hmm. actually, like, attractive and, like, about something, and then the shit just dies. I'm like, it's giving, like, Instagram, but, but, but Tinder. Like, it's giving, like, you just want these likes, Uh you just want these hearts, you feel me? I have been very successful on Raya with making friends. But the same thing, like these Ah. men are not applying no pressure. Shout out to Raya because I've made amazing connections. I'm about to have dinner with my homeboy tonight that I met on Raya, who was there just for friends. I am making great connections with friends. But no shade, you know, we're really at capacity with friendships because I really care about them. And you have to nurture them and you have to (laughs) hang out with them. You have to remember birthdays and then they had surgery. You have Mm -hmm. to give them flowers and it's, you know, like all of that. So no success on the apps at all. So I'm just kind of like, listen, I am a firm believer that everything I want, I will get, and I think it's supposed to. It's gonna happen. What it's supposed to happen, but it's been very, uh, it's been very bad. <laughs> it's been very bad. I Nicole. like.
0: Raya is so... I love that you're having a good time on Raya. I, like, did not come to Raya to make friends. So, like, I (laughs) turned it off. So I can't see anybody who's making... Who's, like, only here for friends. okay. Also, I just, like... all. I deleted all the apps off my phone for now. I just... It's it's soul-crushing. Like, I can get rejected for a part or whatever. And I'm like, whatever. It's, like, not actually personal. You just found the person that you want. And then for dating... It, I shouldn't take it personally. It's like, you you found the person that you want. I'm not it, whatever. But I just, it just, you know, hit after hit. It just uh, is really getting to me. So I was like, you know what? Let's take a
1: break. Are you are you actively getting matches and then going on dates from these apps? I was. You was. Okay, well, here's the thing. Because I kind of approach it from a logistical. I'm such a producer. I'm such like a business. So I'm like, data, numbers. Okay, this is what we got to do. So <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> Get your Google sheet out. I'm like, okay, this is what we got to do. Out of, I had to date about 30 guys.
0: Half Mm -hmm. will maybe
1: make the cut. And maybe seven will be continuously interesting. Five will be like, okay, that's cool. And then we'll probably be down to two. So I think the Mm -hmm. fact that you are like actively dating, you know, the saying goes like, you got to kiss a lot of frogs before you get your prints. I really feel like that may be what it is for you. Now, here's the thing I would tell you. This is the first time that I've ever actively just dated because here's where your girl is toxic okay are you ready listeners Uh okay pull up a fucking seat i never knew how to date i would just get with a motherfucker find myself just in some type of situationship there would be Uh no commitment that was ever communicated from his part but because i gave him some of my parts I was fully committed. And then he would try to be like, no, but you my girl. But then would date other bitches and be like, but see, you not my girl. And it would be like, eh, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. no. So I finally realized like, oh, ex, you've never dated. You don't know how to date. Like you make temporary people permanent, try to mm. change them and fit them into your mold of what it is the person you should be. But you just need to fucking date because... In my twenties, like especially like early twenties, I kind of got my shit together around twenty eight. But my early twenties, it was like, oh, I got to fucking. What's your name? What's your birthday? What's your zodiac sign? Favorite color? Mother's trauma? Ever had a car accident? You got a he? <laughs> you got hepatitis? Hep B, C, D? Like it's just, it was just so like, oh, I had to do this how many times? But now I'm super excited to do it, and this is the first time in my life, Nicole, that I'm actually just dating, no pressure. Let's go to Yogurtland. I'll put on some aloe, you know, activewear and through a, mm-hmm. through a little skincare like it's not that deep and you I'm not trying to make you my husband I'm not we're just going on a fucking date and I also actively pick places that I want to try that I would have gone to by myself because I date myself been doing that I fucking moved to New York by myself like I'm very good in my own mm-hmm. company. And that way, even if this motherfucker is a weirdo, this is a place I was trying to go be at anyway. So I'm gonna have a good ass time because I want to try these tacos.
0: I mean, that's a good, uh, that's a good strategy to be like, I wanted to be here anyway, but food is fucking good. So like, it is what it is. You're weird, but yum, yum, yum. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Um, I'm not good at dating myself. Sometime every now and again, I'll take myself to like a movie and drinks, or like a movie, and dinner, but I don't do that enough. I just like, I like people, because I'm alone at home, so I'm like, if I go out into the world, will I see a friend? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, well, what's the number one thing you've learned about yourself while while dating?
0: Oh, I have learned that it takes a special type of person to really appreciate all of my energy, all of my... um uh, little isms. I have a lot of weird things that I do and I'm a very particular person so it takes a person who has to love all of that for them to like be in my life. Um, And I've also learned that not everyone likes you. You're not everyone's cup of tea and you can't force someone to like you. I've, I've spent years trying to force men who actively don't like me to like me. And I think it's, you know, daddy issues... A fun thing, because my dad was a very um like analytical person, math, science. He loved all that shit. He was not a creative person, Um and I felt rejected because you know he wasn't like disappointed in me, but he'd be like, "Are you sure you don't want to do some math on a Saturday?" And I'd be like, <laughs> "No," but then <laughs> later, try to be like, "But like, what about this? Do you like this about me?" And that's what I've carried on to adulthood and have mm-hmm. projected on. Men, um, so I think that my little break is so like I can just do some soul searching, and I said to my therapist the other day, I was like. The idea of opening up to another person makes me want to walk into traffic. And she said, well, let's not do that. Let's figure out an alternative to well, that. Well, if it was okay. L.A. traffic, you got a good shot. We move pretty slow. So, <laughs> if you're on that yeah, 10- let me walk into the 401 or wait, no, 405 at a uh, fucking 530 p.m. I'll be just fine. Baby, you'll be just fine.
1: They'll be like, hey, you could do a
0: whole hour. <laughs>
1: You could do a whole yeah. hour of some new shit. <laughs> Traffic will not fucking move, period. But that, that's so good that you, that you realize that um, about yourself. Shout outs to you because everybody's not willing to Thank be you. self-aware and be introspective and take that time. But I really will say that I think because my life is full with so much love, just love mm-hmm. from my community, my girls, my friends, my work, my baby brother, um my church family like everybody is like I'm just so full my cup isn't empty so even though I'm not partnered right now I don't feel that I'm void of anything does that make sense like I don't feel Mm -hmm. I always it's always interesting to me in interviews Nicole and I'm sure they've asked you especially because you have this podcast like you know like so who are you dating are you single I wish they would ask us do you have any friends because you'd be shocked (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you'd be shocked like yeah so how are your friendships going like i know people nicole as fucked up as it sounds then because they're a problem they they're in their own way if they were to get surgery no one would be there in that room
0: mm. that's really fucking sad that is int- that, it is that's so really sad fucking and sad. i do think about that a lot i think about how like i have so many people in my life I have like very good friends. And then I have this like group of people who are just in my life, like just around me who aren't necessarily, like I don't talk to them every day. I see them every couple months, but like I know if I call them, they'll be there for me. And the same, like if anything happened to them, I'm there for them. That friendship is just like a bond, but like we all have different lives and shit and, you know, other stuff's going on. But yeah, that is so interesting to me that some people don't have that. And I feel very full in my life. And grateful and loved until i get in the shower and i don't know why this happens i'll get in the shower that hot water hits and i go why am i alone (laughs) and that's the only time i'm ever like really sad about it (laughs) and i have no idea why
1: (laughs) that that hot shower triggers that nicole you got to take cold showers now we got to get rid of that i I think that's what that means i mean i feel like (laughs) I'm not a therapist, but I watch a a lot of (laughs) Iyana Fix My Life. So based on those seven seasons, I think you need to take call showers.
0: Maybe I do. Does she still make new episodes? There was one episode where she told someone to scream into a hole, and that made me laugh so hard. I love her.
1: I love her. She is such, I would produce her stand-up. Her and Dr. Umar. I want to produce their stand-up specials. I don't know Dr. Umar. Dr. Oh,
0: Nicole. You, I got to do Dr. Umar. Dr. Umar
1: Omar is the biggest whole tap, if there was ever to hold a tap in oh, the there world. there we go.
0: There we go. Okay. I'm into Dr. it. I'm Umar, very into it. Dr. Umar,
1: he thinks the NBA uh, has something to do with the <laughs> passing of our dear King, Kobe Bryant. He, sure. <laughs> he, he, I'm telling you, he got something like yep, he... I'm in.
0: You he, said ho-tap and I said, great.
1: <laughs> it is so funny because he wanted to have... Uh, he said he wanted to open up an all boy school. No, sorry. Well, he wanted to open an all-boys school, right? To teach uh, young black kids, mm-hmm. Amen. But then he said, Nicole, listen, 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 bitch. He wanted to open up a black revolutionary sports bar non-alcoholic.
0: Hey, that's very funny. Wait,
1: <laughs> wait, Nicole. I don't even drink, and I wouldn't even go to the bar. How is this a
0: bar? Yeah. And there's no, I, no beer. But nobody's drinking. I mean, I guess that's just. I don't know what that is. A cafe. Doctor Umar is
1: so funny, but you know what's you know what's funnier, Nicole? You know, a broken clock is right t- twice a day. Sometimes he be saying some shit. <laughs> Sometimes he doing. I'll be
0: like. <laughs> right that's such like, a funny way to live to have the wildest ideas and be like oh, cl- "A clock a broke clocks twice <laughs> twice a day is right <laughs> it's like okay friend but uh i don't know if you're right ever in a day right um can I ask, uh, have you ever drank or did, did you never, never drink? I have,
1: I have. And it's just sin- not for you? No, I grew up with alcoholics. My family is truly like the DeBarges. Um, <laughs> so it's been a lot, a lot of substance abuse that I've watched literally so many of my family members die um, either by that or secondhand. Like my brother was killed by a drunk driver when I was 15. So it was like, Oof. so even though he wasn't drinking, it was a drug drug. It's like either it was, it was a, them or one degree of it. separation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I have uh, drunk before. I've been buzzed. And uh, this is why <laughs> kids that grow up in church should not be fucking sheltered because I got buzzed, didn't know it, went to Virginia to school for five seconds because college ain't my ministry. But I went there <laughs> and, and they were like... <laughs>
0: It's not, but College go College ain't my ministry. No, I've but never heard that. And it's no. my favorite phrase. College ain't my ministry. Mm-mm. and not stay there. They were
1: trying to be like, you can major in English with an emphasis on musical theater. And I said, I want to sing, act, dance, put paint on my mm-hmm. face and ride an elephant right now. Like I wanted to do. And I was like, uh uh-uh, first day, I'm a star. So what, what is this? So I was like, mm-hmm. no, not for me. But while I was there for the little semester, some change that I was there, they, I was at a college party and they was giving me drinks in a red cup. And at the time, I loved soda. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Nicole, you cannot. <laughs> I was like kale. I was like kale from Kini Kale. Uh-huh. Baby. But mine was Cactus Cooler. Not See, I'm with orange soda. Basic. Cactus, ooh, cactus Cooler. Cactus Cooler
0: is so good. Sometimes we have that it's on fire. set. And I'm like, ooh,
1: a treat. A treat. so fire. And so they kept giving me that not knowing I'm drinking Smirnoff's, the little, the mm. little wine coolers. And I had like two packs to myself because I'm like, I'm feeling a little woozy. I'm feeling a little light. Okay, this oh, song.
0: no. And
1: my hums had just came out and I was like, hey, my hum, my hum. <laughs> I said, no, you, you really feeling this song? And I was like, okay, something's wrong. They were like, bitch, this what you was drinking. Ha, ha, ha. It's funny. And I said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. But that's what happens when you grow up. I grew up apostolic. Okay, And I don't know if you know, but we like the Jehovah Witness of Christians. We think that it's just us going, child. Oh. It's a mess. Like, the way that we act, <laughs> the way that we act, child, they wait. it's like, no, it's just opposite, It's just us.
0: Period. Just us. Nobody
1: else. Yeah. We're going to the promised land.
0: Nobody else is invited. Right.
1: Right. It's like the last of us is going. That's it. That's and we the so show. Funny. Yeah. That's,
0: that's my that's- sister. Also doesn't drink. She once drank like a lobster at red lobster and was acting wild and i was like <laughs> truly you did not have that much alcohol and she was like but you know, she was just in the back seat rolling around and then i don't think she's ever had a drink since then yeah um, no and it's I, just so funny yeah
1: i love being sober in mind and spirit i love it i used to take edibles um for my cycle, hello, let's get into some reproductive health. So, Wait a had, minute, you took edibles for your cycle? Because my my periods were that bad because I had fibroids and endometriosis, oh, but I got it removed. Okay. Yeah, since I got it removed, the healing of my uterus, it was really, really fucking bad. Like, I've never been this bedridden. Like, after the surgery, mm-hmm. it really got bad. But then after, like, four months, and it took me a long time to heal because they were like, your belly button is so fucking deep. It took an a, a extra hour to get in that shit because I had.
0: <laughs> you don't gotta <laughs> tell nobody that. You, you, know, you,
1: you wake up and you're like, bitch, your belly, belly button butt <laughs> I've
0: ever been in. <laughs> That's
1: funny. So they had to do a, an incision in my belly button in the two sides of my tummy. Then they put the robot in there and then they slice that shit up like it's like, you know, rotisserie chicken and they pull that shit out. So oh I had God. I had big fibroids and I had the big dog was inside of my uterus. She was she was like a super sized grapefruit. Damn. And then I had endometriosis on both sides of my ute. So once all that was gone, I would say I really got to be in the clear. And I'm constantly taking chlorophyll, like shots to all the homies with uteruses. If you have a cycle, however you identify, I'm telling you, chlorophyll will definitely help. So since then, I don't have to take edibles anymore, but I used to take mm-hmm. it because. My cycle was so... Like, I would be in the fetal position at The Daily Show writing jokes, Nicole. It was bad.
0: Damn. Mine was really bad for a minute. And my moods were really incredible. They were like... I would swing high and swing low. And it was kind of just exhausting. So I ended up getting um, the implant, like a like birth control implant. And I've only had it for three months, but my period stopped. And I truly was like, finally... <laughs> it is happening to me right in front of my face, and I can't even hide it. Finally, yes. I was so excited because I have not wanted my period for about ten years. Um, mm-hmm. Some ladies like it; it makes them feel like you know more feminine, whatever. Or people with uteruses like it. Uh, I don't. I hate it. I like to me, it has been a uh, a burden <laughs> for most of my life, and it just kept getting worse incrementally. I'm gonna try chlorophyll. Um, if it happens to come back. Uh, but Lord, oh Lord.
1: Have you ever gotten a transvaginal ultrasound? Because that's the main thing. Like I'm partnering with Planned Parenthood to do an event to get these transvaginal ultrasounds for free for a hundred black women and black people with uteruses because we should be getting those yearly and no one's telling us about them. And no, I just get a pap smear. Yeah, and- it's far more invasive because Shout out to my bro, Christiana, who was the other black female writer at The Daily Show, when she saw how in pain I was. And I'm like, girl, I like I was wearing overnight during the day, changing every two hours. She was like, not normal. Oh my, yeah, Have you oof. had that? And I was like, no. And she was like, you need to see it. As soon as I had a transvaginal ultrasound, boom, big f- fibroids, four of them, biggest day right on the screen. And it's more invasive. And 80% of black women, we have them. So if you line up 10 black women, eight out of 10 of us have them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like something that I think you definitely should see and know just for reproductive health and not even if you want to have babies, just for like the health. Like, girl, I can't tell you how small my tummy got after I took them suckers out. Like I was looking pregnant, not even on my cycle.
0: You know, just the lack of um, consideration the lack of care for black women. I didn't fucking know that eight out of 10 of us have fibroids. Mm-hmm. And I, it just makes me really fucking angry because it's like there's a lot of preventative stuff you didn't have to be in pain for as long as you were in pain mm-hmm. we could have nipped this in the bud if mm-hmm. you know you had the ultrasound it just man really yeah. <laughs> like I know. Me so that's mad. what I'm telling like everybody I, <laughs> I'm telling
1: any black person I see child I'll be in Whole Foods, I'll be like hey what's up what's your name oh Renee <laughs> how's your uterus I'm girl I'm telling you, like Jesus coming back I don't give a fuck uh, I, 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 I will be in an Uber and if she's a black woman driving me i am like, sit, uh, turn on that radio. What's going on? How are your periods? What's up? Because it's just not <laughs> being talked about. And it's just like, no, there is. I'm telling you, Nicole, my life has been so much better. Uh, my periods are like, it's crazy how under control they are. And also they say, I'm, you know, I, I have an issue, you know, with the health uh, people and community. But they mm-hmm. say they don't have enough stuff to figure out whether or not we got endometriosis. So I looked, my surgeon, Dr. Tron, shout out to her. She's done a lot of a uh, black woman in entertainment. That's how I found out mm-hmm. about her because she's done my homegirls. And so I said, I looked at her right before they put the anesthesia. I said, hey, you find anything else in there that shouldn't be, you get it out. She says, Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking. And it, sure enough, it was endometriosis on both sides of my uterus because it's so hard to see it. Yes, mm-hmm. my homegirl had had endometriosis on her anus. Like you don't even know. you oh, no. be in your ass. On the on the
0: touch right in it. oh no i mean it is truly so wild and doctors miss shit over and over and over i'm lucky i have a gynecologist who's like she's very caring and before she prescribed me the little implant thing she was like i need you to get tested for blood clots to see if you are predisposed to them a lot of black people get blood clots and i was like oh thank you for being <laughs> I'm like, thank you. That's the bare minimum. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and a lot of doctors don't do the bare minimum. So I was just Uh -uh. like so thankful for her. Real quick, we have to take another break. Today and every day, Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that Everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Lawmakers who oppose abortion are attacking Planned Parenthood, which means affordable, high-quality basic health care for more than 2 million people is at stake. Now more than ever, with supporters like you, you can help reclaim your rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org/future. That's PlannedParenthood.org/future. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash me today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel dot com slash DateMe. Be bop, we're back, we're back. Um, We're talking pussy, pussy health. health. You got to get that <laughs> pussy checked out at you least know, once a year. Ask for really extra do. things.
1: Absolutely. Transvaginal. If you're bleeding
0: heavy, that's not normal. If no. you're in pain every month, that's not normal. Get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And shout out to my OBGYN because she was the first one. She is a woman of color. She's Indian um, in Beverly Hills. Well, now she's in Culver City. She's the first OBGYN that didn't tell me that my heavy periods were linked to my size. Everybody can be like, well, it's because you're big.
0: It's because you're big. It's because yeah. you're big. And I'm it's, like, you know what's interesting? A lot of doctors will say, "Any like, you could fall down and break your fucking neck and they'll be like, it's because you're fat you were waddling around and you your fatness <laughs> broke your neck. You're like, "No, I fell down the stairs." It was like, "Cuz you're fat, you can't walk down the stairs, too much fat and you're between your toes." It, they will blame blame your fatness for everything. And I didn't know this. You don't have to get weighed at the doctor. You can say, "No, thank you." And they go, "Okay." And then doctors are they they teach doctors that if you were overweight to talk to patients about weight loss. That is a thing that you were taught in medical school. And I didn't know that because I was like, I don't know. Like, are you going to tell a power lifter to lose weight? Like, they, they're they probably healthier than you. I don't know. It's just, there's so much fucking fat phobia. It is wild.
1: And that's all we have to talk about. it. I know we spent a bulk of this podcast talking about, why don't you go get a transvaginal ultrasound? That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> but
0: we got to let black women know. God damn it important. Is the car. Yes, Period. So like you are, you're, do you, what do you call yourself? A woman of size, fluffy, fat? (laughs) What do you, what do you call yourself? I don't
1: identify, I don't identify with the word fat. I I don't denounce it for other people. I feel like if that's what you want to call Mm -hmm. yourself, totally good. But it still is a negative connotation for me. But I do say that I'm a plus size woman. I say I'm a thick girl, thick with two C's, period. I'm I'm a woman of a bigger size, but I don't like to lead with my body. Like if you see on my Instagram or in my art or when I talk about it, that is a part of my experience. And that is an additional layer of oppression that we as actors and entertainers experience. Mm -hmm. But my body fluctuates. Sometimes I really, really love it. Sometimes I'm not fucking feeling it. I'm actively working out now because I did gain an excessive amount of weight last year when my cousin got killed by the police. Mm -hmm. So it took me down a Deep dark depression, and I had to be funny and to operate from a place of joy. So I just put that under the rug. And my body type, I will gain weight if I don't eat enough. So, and then when I was eating just one time a day, it was like pork chop, mashed potatoes, you know, lemonade, you know. Mm -hmm. So my body doesn't work like that. So I'm actively working to, you know, lose weight and get tone. But my thing is health, it's not, you know, skinny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I identify as a big girl, plus size, thick, with two Cs, yes.
0: I think it's smart for you not to lead forward with your body. Uh, I have put my body just out there um, because I love the body that I'm in. Yes. But I will say it is very annoying when people have comments about it and I understand posting a picture in a bikini you're like literally asking for people to comment on your body but I'm not I'm just like I'm having a nice time and I hate it very much when people are like oh have you gained weight or have you lost weight and I'm like that is none of your business also it's like the least interesting thing about me and don't you just like this bikini I am in? like can't we just focus on that it's just the scenery, the water, my
1: face, my brain. And I think yeah. that that is, that is, it's very layered. And I think like, I, I'm just not someone that, I don't think there's anything wrong. Let me say that with leading with your body. I think the work that you're doing, the work that that Lizzo is doing, like the fact that like big black women and men know that there is a pop star that they could tour with. Like that is, has mm-hmm. fu- never happened. Never so, like, it's just, it's amazing no. that she's opening so many doors. She's
0: like, uh, I feel like Lizzo is a reparation for Martha Wash. Who's that? Oh, CNC Music Factory. Free your mind. Like, she's she oh. like, the hook on so many different yes. things. Okay, it's I never knew her name. Yes, never she knew her name. She never got to have the career she deserved because she was fat.
1: Wow. And I don't even want to tell you how many because I'm born to raise the church and I know so many musicians and writers that Ugh. write some of your favorite fucking songs. And that's just like what it is. So I think what you're doing, just not only being a big black woman, but like being like brown skin and like being like loud and unapologetic about who you are. And that's what it is. Like, I think that's so brave. No pun intended. Um <laughs> buy her book. Buy her book. Um and I think buy it. and I think that's so courageous, but I just I definitely am not in the space to be able to handle that. And I think like this is the way right now, that could change. You know, I don't know. But as of today, mm-hmm. this is how I feel about my body.
0: That's why I'm not like I don't consider myself body positive, because I think being incredibly positive about everything is kind of toxic. I'm like body neutral. It's like your body's what you have right now. And tomorrow it could be different. Yesterday it was different. And however it is that day, let's embrace it. But also it's okay to look in the mirror and go, I'm going to wear a hoodie because I'm not liking the lumps and the bumps today. Yeah, I don't like it. And then, you know, on a Tuesday, you're like, yeah, let me just hang these little titties out. (laughs) And you you know what helped me so much,
1: Nicole, is that I unfollowed everybody that only posted pictures of them that were photoshopped or filtered, any BBL Mm -hmm. body. I unfollowed so many like celebrities and people and stuff who who were uh, an unrealistic standard of beauty that I know is being mm-hmm. pushed on to me. And my life has gotten so much better because I was like, why do I hate my body? Why do I think my body is fucked up? And shout out to all the thick girlies and girls, okay? You, Your body is beautiful and it's the fucking mm-hmm. clothes. Once I got me a tailor, bitch, once I started buying clothes from the UK, I said, oh, it ain't my body. Uh-huh. It's the way y'all fucking make these. De- this shit is fucking terrible. Yeah, I was like, well, a no lot man. of plus
0: size are just uh, patterns that they make bigger and they don't accommodate for like your hips go in a little or your waist goes in a little and it's just like straight up and down. And you're like, what the f- what is this? No,
1: it's terrible. Real
0: quick, can we talk about um, Swarm? Oh, so you. You do a nude scene in Swarm. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Speaking of you talking about my body. ever get to see bigger people be naked without it being a punchline or a joke. And I loved. So you play a stripper on it. Mm-hmm. And I loved that you were a, a plus size stripper. B, got to go to, you know, a you know, a party where sex happens, a sex party and you're naked. And it's not for a punchline. It's like because, yeah. Men are attracted to us. People are, women are attracted. There's all sorts of people out there attracted to us. And it wasn't a punchline. And did it feel freeing? Were you intimidated? Tell me about it.
1: Nicole, I am still like journaling and like taking in how beautiful and like mind shifting and life changing that moment was for me. First of all, shout out to Carmen Cuba who casted me in that and Janine neighbors. And and, and, and I'm sure there's more people, Donald Glover, that had to go through all these casting tapes and and mm-hmm. thought about that. But I when I met with Janine, and I was just like, sis, I've never seen my body get to be the fantasy. And and the I'm sorry, Lunell and Little Nikki, Adele and Players Club, it was always a joke. Like Chicky Wing coming mm-hmm. to the stage, and she said, mm-hmm. Girl, we where we're from. This is this is the bodies that we see. Adama Ebo, mm-hmm. shout out, shout out to her and her twin to the Ebo sisters, Adama and Adani. They were like, "Girl, this this we from this This what we see, like in Memphis and where we are." <laughs> like and so to be the fantasy, it also revealed Nicole a lot of qualms and inappropriate thoughts that I had about my own body because mm-hmm. I thought there was something. I was like, "Ah," because my team was like, "You're you're gonna have to like be like topless." So I was like, oh, "Okay." And then it wasn't until the point when me and Adama had a conversation and she was so kind and was just like, let's talk about this scene, X, on which you feel comfortable. And do you want to just be topless or do you want to be nude? And I took a second and I just thought about what you just said, how we are always the punchline. We never get to be the fantasy. We never really get to be the it girl. Like this, this may be the only chance that I get to do this. Not saying that this is the only chance a big black woman will get. But this may be my only no, shot. No, but like
0: this opportunity is very far and few in between.
1: And I say, you know what? I'll go nude. I say, bitch, for Donald Glover, for you, for Janine, <laughs> I, 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 i'll do it and 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 i had to have a real conversation with the guy that i was with i was like hey how comfortable are you with touching me because what i don't want is for you to be like ill. he was like no 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 i think you're beautiful and i'm like i you need to grab my titties you need to fucking touch my and you are paying for this service if i was a stripper and i'd be like do your thing you would do that he was like let's go intimacy mm-hmm. coordinator amazing And so, and also Dominique Fishbeck, because I had a real conversation with her because, you know, she was topless in the deuce. So as soon as they were, like, camera rolling and I took that robe off, she, like, locked eyes with me, like, are you okay? Like, you good? And I just, like, Mm -hmm. took a breath. But I felt, because I had just had my fibroid surgery, like, two months before. So my stomach was smaller. I felt so fucking free. They, like, did all the little makeup. Like, I had, like, got sugared. Mm -hmm. I was, like... Groomed so well and they fucking the makeup and hair team there was like you look so good and I you know what's funny is that the intimacy coordinator like she was she was so good that it got to be rude because let me tell you Nicole <laughs> she walks out and she's like nobody look at X when she's walking by in the scene because there's a scene that you see when Dre is with the white guy and I have to walk right and I'm like I knew you was mm-hmm. a, a fucking freak so during that time you know, there's like people who slay in the gaffer, they're in that little hallway. Mm-hmm. So she was like, everybody turning look to watch. No one's supposed to look at it. So that's I'm, and when they're like, action, and then I hit the corner, <laughs> I'm naked, everybody's like, ah, and then you are it like, to the wall. Like, and I'm oh, like, nobody
0: wants to see this. I was like,
1: <laughs> I said, hey, 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 can we have a, t- hey, hey, I told the girl, I said, you, you look at me. <laughs> You objectify me. That this is, is
0: my right. Very funny. I like I just, I need this. I actually, we need the opposite. I need you to look 100%. at me. Uh, it's going to be okay. 100%. We have to feel a little bit more comfortable doing this. I really love that. I also really love that you had to talk with the person you were in the scene with before. I think, whether oh, yeah. or not, if you're doing anything sort of intimate, a kiss, a hug, where like you rubbing somebody a little bit,
1: talk about it. He's so professional. And he about was so just professional. Just
0: It takes two minutes. I had a guy in a scene where he didn't talk to me before every scene and all day I felt like I was just dodging him grabbing me. Our director had to say at one point, I know she's beautiful, but let's keep our hands to ourselves. And he laughed and thought it was a joke. And then I had to talk to him later and be like, the next time you work with a woman or a person, anybody where you have to touch them, talk to them. Talk to them in in the rehearsal. Talk, like, I don't, like, now I know much more how to advocate for myself if there isn't an intimacy coordinator on set. But boy, oh boy, is it a interesting gray line area because it's like, we're doing a job. Yeah. But like, how do you communicate your boundaries?
1: Yeah. And, but the intimacy coordinator facilitated all those conversations. Like, she called Mm -hmm. me so much. She emailed me and like, she was just amazing. (laughs) She was just like, we we will not have any issues. But <laughs> she was not. And I appreciated <laughs> that so much. Not here. Like, it was, as soon as they say, cut, robes, robes on, but like she, she's, like, not here for it. And I think, like, having Black women at the helm being the executive producer, the director, and the leading lady that I was like, yes, I'll get fucking naked. I'm in front of my sis, you know? And all the other strippers that were there, they were like, ex, you look so good. They was like this. And the way that they lit me and they were like, Adama, she just kept reassuring me. And she was like, and she when I said I wanted to be nude, she was like, yes. She's like, ex, we need to see that. Like, I was never going to press you to do that. That's what I wanted. But what, if you just said the left tit, Adama, she wouldn't do mm-hmm. just want a left tit. Would have been out. Would have been out. But I love Cheeks was the leader of the pack. She was smart. She was, you know, she tried to lead the women to safety, you know, at the end. She was like, we could say, you know, mm-hmm. he fucking raped her. Like, she was just trying to be solution oriented. And I just appreciated. That role so much, and just to I I didn't know if that chance was ever gonna happen again. So I'm like, you know what, baby, we finish showing my (laughs) you. We (laughs)
0: finish show it, show it, yeah, yeah. I finished it in a night. I like I stayed up till like two a.m. watching it. I I don't know. I loved it. So the first episode, I was a little like, I was like, huh, yeah, I'm a little (laughs) shook. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I shall continue. Yeah, And then it's funny because I love you. You is about a serial killer and you start empathizing with him pretty early. And then oh, you're like whoops. kind of rooting for this murderer. Yeah. I'll tell you something. The way Dre is written, you're not meant to root for her. You're meant to be like, why won't she stop? But I was rooting for her. I was oh, like, yes. One t- she will... I was like, she'll figure out what she needs eventually, uh-huh. <laughs> which is an insane thing to say about someone who's out here just murdering people. But I was like, she has grief that she hasn't dealt with. And this is how it's coming out. Uh-huh. And also, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought it was really fun and I liked it. And I know some people might roast me on Twitter with their Girl, opinions. Goodbye. But...
1: goodbye. Here's the thing. This is for people with taste. Period. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. It is a mixture of Atlanta meets American horror story. And I loved even the discourse on Twitter where people are like, oh, my God, this shit's too weird for me. I couldn't fuck with it. I love that that it made you feel something cuz what you what i didn't want is indifference about the show like i could go either way i would love it. turn it on Give mm-hmm. be background noise but there are people who really really fucking loved it and people were like uh uh-uh, uh this shit's too wicked for me and i love that and it's number 1 in the US for a reason so it's a, a lot of motherfuckers yeah. fucking with it and it is an amazing if you haven't seen it it's a psychological thriller about this woman who is a stand who goes to extreme criminal level activities to protect and uphold her standum in regards to this um big pop star named Nija. And it's mm-hmm. played by um Dominique Fishbeck, who is the queen. And it was amazing. It was so good. And I love that uh in the end she get what she gets what she wants.
0: That's what I loved. Mm-hmm. I love that her character had a one and she got it. I also love that the ending is pretty ambiguous, but also is not ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And also the documentary episode. I, I really want to interview the woman who plays the detective because she is so fucking funny. And I like this is one of those things where you're like, where the fuck have we been hiding this bitch? The woman who plays the social worker, also incredible. Well, right and I was up. like, where have we been hiding these women? It's so, but the thing is so they do good. such good casting
1: that these are the this is what they look like,
0: yes, that was like a thing I really appreciated that, oh
1: my god like from from her linen and and her multicolored autumn uh the necklaces and just her little mannerisms when she's looking yeah. at the camera when she's waving that little finger with the ne- mm-hmm. they do they like I'm telling you i i and here's the thing to fellow actors, artists anybody out there that applied for something and got rejected. A quick little testimony is that I I auditioned for Atlanta season three. And Atlanta mm-hmm. is one of the first shows in a very long time that I was like, I fucking have to be on this show. Got really close. They went with a name, came back, was like, can you fly out tomorrow? Because they were shooting in Europe. And then they went with another name. And I was so heartbroken. I shed a few thug tears. And the Lord was like, delay is not denial. You know, and this, this. Thing This character in Swarm is a far bigger character, far more iconic, far more standalone. And it's a whole different series versus me coming in, you know, on an already mm-hmm. well-oiled machine, which I would have been grateful for. So if you are out there and you are applying for something and you got rejected, I'm telling you, you have no idea what else is cooking. You have no idea on the other things that are happening that are far greater and far bigger
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what life is. It's just failures until you succeed.
1: Yeah. And then too, it was like, I mean, I got, I did really good on their audition to the point that they were wanting to use me. So I was in their Rolodex of people like, oh yeah, this girl, you know, like, and, Mm -hmm. and it, and it, it was really great to get, when I got that audition, I was like, this is insane. Like I fucking have to do that. And then Jamal Laurie who was the writer on there who wrote one of my favorite episodes of Atlanta like he's just a fucking beast and to be on that set with people that were like X improvise please do your thing and the other fellow strippers mm-hmm. wanted to play so much a lot of that shit you saw we improvised and just it, we just played so well together and I think that is what really made us a fan favorite like they really love us on Twitter which is great that's so fun I I am not one of those people that Don't care if people don't like what I do. I do. I really do. And if (laughs) if black people don't like it, it hurts my feelings. I want black people to love it. Period.
0: (laughs) I do. I, yeah, I'm a little different. I don't mind if people don't like my shit. I'm not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you so much for being here. We've come to the end. Yes. Do you have any parting words about love or dating that you want to say?
1: I think uh, if you are someone that is like single and you're out there and you're dating and you're trying and it's just not working, just know that it's a numbers game. You are gonna be with who you're meant to be with, but I don't believe in just like sitting at home and thinking that a fucking, you know, angel is gonna ascend and come into your house and be like, (laughs) this is who you're supposed to be with. Because just as much as I knew that swarm was an opportunity that i knew i wanted to be mine i still had to audition right you still have to put yourself Mm -hmm. out there so i think continue to put yourself out there but if you do get in a situation like nicole where you're just like this is like not fun and depleting go back to center go back to yourself and realize that you have love all around you it comes in different forms it doesn't have to be romantic but until that happens enjoy your time in your community
0: i like that Thank you so much for being here. This was delightful. Thank you, Nicole. Oh, and watch American Auto on Tuesdays,
1: 8.30 p.m. Yes. And watch Grand Crew on Thursdays. Yes. Thursdays, right? No, Friday's- they put
0: us on Friday. And it streams on Peacock on Saturday.
1: Yes. Okay, watch Grand Crew on Fridays at 8.30 and the next day on Peacock. Shout out to niggas.
0: Yes. <laughs> and American Auto also streams on Peacock. And honestly, ugh, this is a dream. Uh, so if you like this episode of Why Won't You Date Me, you can like it, you can rate it, you can subscribe and give me five stars on uh, Apple Podcasts. If you write me something nasty hitting on me to Why Won't You Date Me podcast at gmail.com, I will read it. This person said, As a gay man, I have no clue how to braid hair. Interesting. Uh, I would want to practice my craft and skills using your nether whiskers. Ew! I would strip you down, lay you out on my queen bed. Ugh, queen. Spread your legs, then prop them up on a couple of pillows. Then I would pull up a braiding tutorial on YouTube, <laughs> x your fucking face, and go to town on your curly southern locks until they're good no, enough to no, be featured no. in a magazine oh. at Superclips. <laughs> That's not even one of the worst ones. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) bye-bye. Oh, my God.
1: This has been a Team Coco production.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because. I the charcoal mask. Great.
1: Because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking.
0: Ugh. Why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, uh, hello. Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered.